Welcome to the Crispin Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin. Topics on today's episode include Groundhog Day, my interview with homeowner Riley Howard about his decision why he refinanced his primary mortgage rate four times and how he chose his lenders, and reaction to yesterday's Fed rate hike. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Milestones. Giving homeowners an all-inclusive homeownership experience, including home value and equity monitoring, home maintenance reminders and how-to articles, cloud-based document storage, one-click access to hire professionals for various projects around the home, and much more. Milestones has hit the ground running, giving over 250,000 agents and loan officers access to the platform since their July 2022 Series A and go-to-market announcement. The technology is fully white-labeled, and their unique revenue model allows MLOs to double down on their commitment to client retention and maturation, while substantially lowering their tech spend, and offering more value to both homeowners and realtor partners. Happy Groundhog Day, where the rodent saw its shadow this morning, so plan on six more weeks of winter. There's an old Yiddish proverb, we plan, God laughs. Plenty of lenders are planning on being around to help to the estimated $2 trillion in home loans this year, and plenty of people had planned on the Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee bumping up overnight rates by 0.25% or 25 basis points yesterday. And sure enough, it happened. But rates dropped anyway, despite the planning and expectations. More on that in a minute. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show a friend of mine, Riley Howard, uh, who is in a bit of a peculiar situation where he refinanced his rate on his primary residence four different times. I wanted to talk to him about his decisioning process and why he chose the lenders he went with. Uh, I think I've, in the last, uh, since I bought in 2018, I think I've refinanced a total of four times. Holy smokes, four times in four years, just over four years. Yes. And uh, when I when I bought, I think the rate was somewhere... There's somewhere around the high fives, and I think I bought it down. I uh, bought down a point um, at the time. I have really good credit, so I qualified for one of the uh, a great a great rate at the time, which was uh, December November December 2018, and I bought it down a point, uh, which uh, was was a mistake of mine. But uh, at the time, it was it was the best deal, and it seemed it seemed reasonable. And I, I'm not mad about buying it down a point at the time. It was. It was a great investment for me, uh, but the, the rates started dropping drastically in 2019 and then into 2020. So I started at about a five and a half percent interest rate, and now I am down to a 2.82%. What were the financial considerations for refinancing? Did, was it when, when you saved a certain dollar amount per month, or, or what, what made yes. you pull the trigger? started uh the whole total mortgage payment with my impound account and insurance was around 2750 for a $505,000 house which is amazing in California on uh just about a third of an acre in a in a beautiful community out here in the unincorporated area of Sonoma County now, uh, as the rates kept dropping, my, as you know, the, the principal amount didn't go down, but now I'm at a 2340 is my mortgage payment and the, the principal didn't go down. So I'm saving about uh, four, four, 500 bucks a month 
just on interest. Yeah, that's all. That's you know, 25 percent of the overall monthly payment you're saving. The uh, did you refinance with the same company each time? How did you decide who to choose for your lender? So initially, I went with um, uh, a friend of my sister, who's my realtor. My sister's my realtor. My older sister, she's a prominent uh, real estate agent in Sonoma County, and she had a she's been doing it for over twenty years. And, uh, she, she recommended, uh, one of her associates that she works closely with. I, I went through him. He was great. Um, but I, I got in contact with, uh, with my, one of my friends, uh, brother-in-laws at the time, or he still is the brother-in-law. And we went to, we went on a boys trip and we had a couple beers and got to talking about interest rates and stuff. And I really liked what he had to say and what he could offer. And he was more local than the uh, the first guy I went with, and, and so I refinanced with him. So I, the, the first time I did a refinance, I did it with the same with the same broker, and then the second, the two times after that, I went with the the different company. And that so that was more relationship based rather than the lowest possible rate, or did did you try and shop around for a low rate? It was a combination of both. So I went from a five and a half percent down to a four point four point three five, down to like a three point five or three point four, and then down to a two point eight. So as the rates kept dropping, I continued to refinance just for an overall cost saving for the long haul. Did they? Uh, were there any any? Uh offers you got in terms of oh we'll we'll pay for the appraisal fee or no closing costs or they sweeten the pot in any way yeah so the first time i refinanced they did pay for the appraisal fee and my house had uh, about gone up by about sixty thousand dollars at that time and then since after that i didn't need to appraise anymore because the uh the overall loan was significantly under i put 20 percent down so I didn't, I didn't need any further uh, appraisal. And then, as far as closing costs, they covered all the closing costs. So if, I know you have another sister. If she was to come to you and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying a house. What's your advice on getting a mortgage for this?" What would you tell her? Well, I think if, in today's market, if you're going to purchase a house, you're going to want to put twenty percent down because if you're if you're paying for PMI. It's it's a waste of money in my opinion, and you're just paying on something that you're never going to get a return on. And that can be anywhere from, you know, a hundred to a couple hundred dollars a month. And then once you pay off your PMI, you're going to have to refinance again anyways to get rid of the PMI. Is my understanding. So why not just instead of paying that extra couple hundred dollars a month, why not just put the twenty percent down initially and not even have to worry about the PMI. You know, that's, that's a little easier said than done. If someone wants to buy a million dollar house, not everyone has $200,000 of cash lying around. Even, But the, I mean, a lot of people's income qualifies, even if they don't have the 20% down payment. I agree. But just for me personally, if if I can't afford uh, $200,000, then I'm going to have to reduce my, my price point of my search. Very good point. Uh, I want to transition a little bit here. Because I know you're a police officer, I want to I want to ask a couple questions about uh, 
about about what it's like. Uh, if I get pulled over, what's the best way to get out of a ticket? Is it is it my Let's Go Brandon sticker on the car? Is it uh, is it being nice? Is it is it being a good looking person? What what does it take? And that answer is different for for every cop. There's no get out of a ticket real advice that I can give. But for me personally, if you're honest about about what you did, and I and I think that you're truly sincere, and that you're you probably just need a a verbal warning, a kind of like a wake up call or a refresher about driving and following the rules of the road, then then I'm more likely to give that person a, a warning versus somebody who's in complete denial about what they've done and uh, is not taking any, any accountability for, for their action. That's that's not going to be the same for everybody, though, because some people will see that as, oh, this person just admitted to to the violation here, and and that's, that's a, a slam dunk for them. So... I don't go for for quantity. I go for quality. Mm. And I try to make a difference and improve traffic safety. And I, if, I, if I think that a warning is sufficient and this person is truly uh, not going to do it again because they have just received a wake-up call, then I'm, I'm more likely to give that person a, a warning. That's good advice. This whole This whole interview has been good advice. I feel like I should close by asking... You even need any personal advice for me? Relationship advice? What, how do I how do I get on the straight and narrow? <laughs> pay, pay, pay your bills, follow the rules, uh, respect, uh, keep your word, be a respectful person, and that's going to lead to being a productive member of society. And likely, I would say probably ninety five percent of people who are productive members of society. Uh, are good people and they don't have to worry about, you know, looking over the shoulder or getting into trouble because they're following the rules and they're doing everything they need to do. Well, I'm, I'm a lost cause. So, you know, I'm not part of the, the productive part of society. So I want advice for me specifically, since you might know me better than, than most of these listeners know me. I don't know if I have any advice for you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if I have any advice for you. All right. Well, you gave you certainly gave enough throughout this interview, so I appreciate you uh, coming on and talking to me. Absolutely. In terms of bond market activity, as was universally expected, the FOMC raised its target range for the federal funds rate by 25 basis points to a new range of 4.50% to 4.75% at the conclusion of its policy meeting yesterday. This 25 basis point hike marks a step down from December's 50 basis point hike and from the four straight 75 basis point increases prior to that. The tightening cycle likely is not over yet, as the FOMC noted that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. Inflation, though falling, is still too high, and Fed Chair Powell said during his press conference that the central bank is whiskey-bent and hell-bound on getting rates to a restrictive level, despite Wall Street's hopes for an imminent pause and subsequent cut in rates. For those optimists out there looking for rate cuts later this year, don't hold your breath. The ultimate result yesterday was mortgage rates actually falling for a second consecutive day after Chair Powell's comments were less hawkish than expected, setting off a sharp rally into the settlement close. Keep in mind that while the Federal Reserve controls short-term rates, long-term rates like 30-year mortgages, 
are primarily a function of market expectations for the path of the economy. As far as economic releases went, we learned yesterday that the economy added 106,000 jobs in January, according to the ADP Employment Survey. This was lower than the consensus estimate of 158,000 and the 185,000 forecast for tomorrow's jobs report. Apparently, there was some sort of weather-related impact which depressed the number. We also learned that total construction spending declined 0.4% during December as construction downshifted to end 2022. The January ISM Manufacturing Index dropped further into contractionary territory, marking the third consecutive month of declines to now reach its lowest level since May 2020. The cumulative effect of rate hikes around the globe is clearly adversely impacting demand. Before the market opened today in the U.S., both the Bank of England and European Central Bank raised their rates by 50 basis points in somewhat of a surprise. In this country, today's economic calendar is already underway. Job cuts from Challenger for January came in at 102,943 cuts, 136% increase from the 43,651 announced in December. We've also had weekly jobless claims in at 183,000, lower than expected and indicating a strong jobs picture, and preliminary Q4 productivity and unit labor costs, up 3% and down 1.1% respectively. Ahead are December factory orders and Freddie Mac's latest primary mortgage market survey. We begin Thursday with agency MBS prices better slightly, and the 10-year yielding 3.38 after closing yesterday at 3.40%, with the 20-year at 4.04%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. There's a fine line between a numerator and a denominator. Only a fraction of people will find this clever or funny. <laughs> Thanks again to Milestones, giving homeowners an all-inclusive homeownership experience, including home value and equity monitoring, home maintenance reminders and how-to articles, cloud-based document storage, one-click access to hire professionals for various projects around the home, and much more. Questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities? Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.